John Snyder for Theology Mix, and welcome to The Walk. I'm happy to have as our guest today, Reverend Bob Faby, Anglican priest living with his wife and two children in Phoenix, Arizona. In addition to his work among his congregation, he was involved in church planting since fresh out of seminary. Bob is with us today to talk about his new book, Not My Jesus, Embrace Your Sacred Role in a Changing World. So Bob, thanks for being on our show today. We're looking forward to hearing about your book. But first, we'd like to hear a bit about your spiritual journey. How did you get to where you are today? You know, I grew up in a kind of a quasi-Christian home. Um, I I say that because my parents, uh, they grew up Roman Catholic, but left the church and kind of had a sense that faith was important, but didn't really know um, how to do that. So we didn't really go to worship services. If we did, we attended a variety of uh, just, you know, quite a wide uh, birth. So anything from kind of very charismatic to to Roman Catholic. Um, and, um, you know, when I was about seven or eight, I prayed the prayer of faith uh, that is, you know, kind of common in the evangelical world um, and just asked Christ into my life. Uh, but I didn't really know what that meant. And I had no idea really what um, yeah, kind of what I was doing other than really didn't want to go to hell. So I was, I was working pretty hard at not going to hell. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I spent like a little bit of time in a program called Awana, which is, um, a part of uh, some evangelical churches, um, for kids and, um, you know, memorize scripture and that kind of thing. But, but really I just kind of lived my own life and, um, kind of went my own way, um, and and I think of it like a re, an anchor with a just a really 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 long chain, um, because by the time I got to high school, I was I was really doing my own thing, and then and then into college, I was I was kind of making a mess of things, uh, you know, drinking and carrying on, and and really living without Christ uh, on on pretty much every level, and then I got involved with Campus Crusade for Christ in 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 some way, and I cannot remember honestly how it happened, so I, I like to think of it as um, quasi miraculous. And, uh, in campus crusade, I learned about the role that the Holy spirit plays in the life of the Christian. And, uh, I rededicated my life to Christ in 91, 92 and have been on a trajectory of trying to learn what it means to be his ever since. Um, from there I, uh, went to seminary, um, and, uh, got my master's of divinity degree and started church planting and doing a number of things. Um, and uh, about a little, just just over ten years ago, uh, I was ordained an Anglican priest, and um, and so uh, my spirituality has had a, a kind of a, a wide and long um, journey, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. It's quite a nice variety, though. Mm. Uh, I, I resonate with quite a bit of what you said there, just in terms of the chronology of events and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so church planning was the first thing you did out of seminary. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's pretty gutsy. File <laughs> <laughs> that under things I wish I knew. Right. <laughs> we made some really great uh, friends and had uh, just had had some some beautiful people that we're still uh, really good friends with. Um, but the 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 reality of of what it means to um, uh, church plant and the experience um, were different than what you might have in seminary. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
So, uh, you know, they didn't we, tell we, you about that stuff today. You know? Well, you know, they, some things can only be experienced. They can't be taught. Yeah, and, right. uh, and so we learned a lot for sure. Yeah. Well, good. Thank you. Um, what, what prompted you to write this particular book? Uh, there's always something that works on our minds that says, you need to write a book about this. So what was it that worked on you? Yeah. So I think what I was observing was the way in which, um, people were, trying to, um, have Jesus be, um, on their side, quote unquote, um, in, in any given, uh, kind of cultural argument. And, and, uh, you know, of course I saw Talladega Nights, um, and, uh, and the prayer from Ricky Bobby at the dinner table. And I thought this is really exquisite. And I had used that in a sermon and, you know, had just thought this is, this is really captures in a humorous way what's happening in our culture. So people tend to have a, they have their own vision of Jesus and he tends to look like them. Is that what you're saying there? A, a lot of times yeah. it does. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, they, they cram him into their kind of theological oh, I, yeah, perspective. Yeah. I yeah. agree. I understand perfectly. You know, the key here for me was, uh, you said that coffee was a gift of God. I have to, Amen. Have to explore that a little further. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in the in the past, you know, the the reformers perhaps had beer as their yeah. as their fuel, and uh, and I'm sitting here staring at my Starbucks cold brew as evidence of that. Anyway, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, yeah. uh, interesting book cover you have for this. Why don't you talk about right. that a little bit? Describe it first of all for the listener, and then uh, they comment on it if you would. Sure. So, so it's got a picture of Jesus uh, with the uh, Republican and Democratic flags in the background. Um, He's got a John 316 shirt on. He's got hipster glasses um, and, a, and a selfie uh, phone where he's taking a, a picture of himself. Um, and he's, he's smoking a cigarette. Uh, and it says, uh, not my Jesus, um, you know, embracing your sacred role in a changing world. Well, that should get their attention. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really interesting. I've had... I've had a lot of conversations about it, which I'm, I'm grateful. Obviously it's a caricature of how our culture yeah. has treated, treated Jesus. And I, I actually was on a, a radio station doing an interview and, um, I know that dead air is not what we want to have when you're, <laughs> when you're having. <laughs> so this guy, uh, you know, he described the book cover to me and, uh, and he said, yeah, you know, Bob, and maybe the most troubling part of your book cover is that Jesus had a cigarette. And I said, you know, I think that's interesting because I find it more troubling that I made him white and with blue eyes. Yeah. And it got it got real quiet real oh, fast. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's, it, that's funny. Yeah, well, and I think it's because we really we can be very blind to our own biases, um, and and that's been kind of evidenced over and over. Yeah, and the more churches you have, the more you see all the different Jesuses that pop up. Sure. In, in the church. Um, yeah. It's almost um, makes you wonder if there were 20 Jesuses, would any of them be the biblical Jesus? You know what I mean? Well, right. Yeah. And I think I think the, the key is that we get we get bits of it. Um, I think I think we have a sense that that some of the things are are real and true and right. Um, but but that it's not the whole. And what we do is we 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 decide that the whole picture is the picture that I have even if it's not, uh, biblical at all. Um, and so, so, uh, for instance, um, you know, I'm going to be going to Africa this year. Um, the Holy family is black. 
Um, and why wouldn't they be? Yeah, uh, sure. they, you know, of course it makes sense. Yeah. So, so we just, yeah, we, and then especially not just around what he looks like, but how he functions, we get, we get, I think we get that twisted pretty bad. And you call it falling in love with your own picture of Jesus. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think probably, uh, anybody who's been in the church for more than two weeks, starts to recognize some of this stuff going on. Yeah. You said you wanted to examine the judgmental side of Jesus. What, what did you have in mind there? Yeah, so what I did was I went through the Gospel of Matthew, and I, I picked Matthew on purpose because it tends to be the most Jewish expression uh, in the Gospels over against um, you know Mark or, or Luke uh, and certainly John. Uh, but, but that— um, yeah, I went through God, the Gospel of Matthew and pulled out all of the names that Jesus called people because he, he called people names. And, and that was one of the things, you know, where people would say, well, Jesus is just really loving. He's just super nice. And I, and I thought, well, no, he isn't. Um, that, that's part of it. But, but there's another part of him that's really critical um, where he was really comfortable laying just, just, just verbally walking people down, you know. So introducing that to people in a way, hopefully in a way that I, I try to do it through tweets in order to make it a little more palatable. Because if you hear Jesus call a woman a dog, uh, it's not really part of your 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 framework, then you're going to have a hard time figuring out what that means. And particularly tough on the religious people too, wasn't he? Yeah, for sure. Leaders. Yep. Uh, you mentioned the second half, uh, you wanted to concentrate on being a neighbor and loving people. Yeah. Uh, say something about that, would you? Well, I think what happens is we allow Christ to kind of speak to us, and the version of Jesus that we believe in uh, then affects how we look at the world. And when we believe that Jesus is um, something other than he is or functions in a different way than he functions, it changes how we live. And so when we allow Christ to to be Christ, to be um to, to be Messiah, then we're freed actually. Uh, and I think it's beautiful and I think it's good and it's right to do what it is that he's called us to do. Uh, and, and that looks like love God, love our neighbor and love our enemy. You mentioned, um, also, what is it? My, my question to you is what do you mean when you say you want uh, Christians to engage with or in the culture? What, what is yeah. in your mind when they're engaging with the culture? What does it look like? Sure. It, I think it looks like, um, doing their best to wear a biblical set of glasses and a, a Christ involved, um, you know, sense of identity so that when they look at the culture, the culture is not dictating, um, to them, you know, who they are and the culture is not dictating how they function and, and all of those kinds of things. It's, 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 this is who I am. This is, this is my role that I play here. Now, how does that, and how do I interpret that with, the culture that I live in. And so, so I'm not necessarily, um, um, you know, digging a trench and covering my head and just holding on for heaven. Uh, but that I'm also not, uh, just simply, um, you know, uh, waiting for things to burn, <laughs> you yeah. know, and just saying, okay, you know, everything's going to, to hell. And so therefore, you know, no, that's let's do nothing thing. about it. Just wait and see. Yeah. And Niebuhr, Niebuhr, I'm sure you're familiar with the text, you know, um, Niebuhr's work on, on Christ and culture, I think is, yeah. is helpful in, in that direction. Yeah. He turned out to be one of my favorite guys. I avoided him in seminary because uh, he had such a bad reputation in, mm. in my background. But I, as I started reading him, I thought this guy is really great. 
Yeah, and I thought things through. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And further, uh, Leslie Newbigin has been probably my more uh, significant dialogue partner when it comes to the gospel and culture conversation. Uh, And I've been really, really grateful for his work. What do you think is the main issue, problem facing the church today? Um, I believe the main problem is that, one, we don't maybe know what the gospel is. And to have a very hard time receiving that for ourselves. Uh, and by virtue of that, then we are not good at giving it away. So um, it's, it's kind of a multi-layered problem, but I think it comes down to the fact that uh, Christians talk about grace, but they have a hard time receiving it. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I could, yeah. I could uh, talk about that all day long. From my background, right. <laughs> too. yeah, because I was I, I was raised with very little grace and lots and lots oh. of rules and laws. Sure, sure. Well, I think I think we want to earn it. Um, I think we 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 want to have some sense of our own merit, and um, and I think when it comes down to uh, learning what it means to be Christ, uh, we're just not good at it. What do you think the future of the church is in the U.S.? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm here in Germany. I'm talking from Germany right now. Yeah, uh, and um, I've been soaking in the uh, the European culture and church mm. for four years, so I've got a, a perspective that's slightly different. But it seems to me that in all Western civilization, we're facing somewhat the same problems. Uh, I'm wondering where we're going. What's this going to look like when all these things converge into one center? Uh, what What do you see happening with Christian faith in America, particularly? Well, I think there's a couple things uh, that I it could happen. Um, one, I think you could see the further uh, enculturation of the church to the degree that that um, you know the church kind of disappears and becomes irrelevant. Uh, we're certainly seeing a wide swath of that at this point. Uh, I also think you you could see um, just an increasingly secularization in our in our society. And I, and I think as that occurs, you, you're living in it right now. You've seen what uh, secularization does um, to the church. There's, there's, there's phenomenal uh, cathedrals with no one in them. Um, and so, so I think what the church could do, uh, and I pray that it does, is, is really return to that deep love that God has for us and learn how to embody that how to how to receive it but how to embody that so that so that the church maybe doesn't look like this large um, influential piece in our culture but it looks like um, beautiful beautiful redemptive people uh, working alongside others in all various manners of society and and maybe maybe looking more like the church before it became um kind of a, more of a state-sponsored or at least state-allowed uh, uh, religion. So I don't, I don't think of it, you know, in terms of, oh, my gosh, you know, persecution and, oh, my gosh, revelation. And, you know, I don't uh, – I, 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 that's just not how I orient to that. But I do think what it – I think what it could look like is that, is that we return to being more beautiful than we are trying to be right all the time. Yeah, uh, I think probably where Europe is now, America will be. It is right. unless something happens. 
you know, there could be mm-hmm. some sort of a spiritual awakening both here and there. I, I always hope and pray for that. But it appears to me, if I were putting money on this, I would say probably it's going to mimic Europe uh, down the road. Yeah. And then we're going to have to learn uh, uh, what books in the Bible then are we going to read most? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, will it be yep. John or will it be Daniel or something like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll have to wait and see. But I, I'm very concerned about this, and I've talked to people all throughout Germany now and Europe yeah. who are saying, uh, whoa. Um, we've got to do something different. What we're doing now isn't isn't what isn't we need. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 If there's one, if there's one message uh, that I that I hope that we receive, it is that. Yeah. It's like this this franchising of Christianity. I mean, I, and I think honestly, that's part of the, the issue is that um, you you know we have uh, franchised this version of Christianity around mm-hmm. the globe. That's right. And so, so, so it's a global issue as much as it is um, a Western issue, because if you go elsewhere, and you know, and you think, oh my gosh, it's the same thing. What do, you, what do you hope is the main takeaway for the reader from this book? Um, the main takeaway would be um, allow God to love you, and. And, and then go about doing what it is that he asked you to do. Um, and I, and I, t- I know that I kind of take a circuitous route to that. But my, my hope would be that people would see, like, this is who God is. This is who Jesus is. Um, so, so I'm free to be this person over here and, and allow that to, to um, yeah, to allow them to soak in that and to, to embrace that. Yeah, it makes you wonder why it takes so long to reach that point, doesn't it? Man, well, I tell you, <laughs> you mean in the book or no, in our in lives? In our lives, yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm thinking, how? Why did it take so many years for me to get so many simple, basic points from the gospel? I mean, there's so much to plow through, and ultimately, it's pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And I, but I think, I think there's so many bills of goods that were sold uh, along the way that that really do look and feel uh, and on some level are important, but, but not in the same way. Um, and, and we make the unimportant important. And, um, and, and so sorting through that, I think takes time. Yeah. What's, what's, um, what's next for you, man? Uh, great question. I, so I'm debating about, um, a 2.0 version of the book, um, and, and, and kind of pointing us, uh, toward, maybe more of where the book ended. Um, I, I have been writing a lot and uh, speaking a lot about dignity and uh, because I think dignity is a way forward as a way of uh, loving God and loving our neighbor and loving our enemy, uh, as well as learning how to be uh, God's child. So so dignity has been on the forefront. I've been doing a lot of reading about that and um, been doing uh, some, some writing and, and a bunch of speaking about that. So um, maybe a mix of both. Uh, I'm not quite sure yet. I've been praying lots about, about what, what the Lord might have me do in that direction. I'd like to thank Bob Faby for talking with us today. Remember to purchase his book, Not My Jesus available wherever quality books are sold. Thanks also to our listeners for joining us in today's interview. Please watch for other upcoming shows with people you would love to know. Again, this is your host, John Snyder. Be with you again soon.